like the only way I can see the economy reopening is we increase our testing abilities, man. Like, I think that's a great intro, actually. Safe, put that as an intro. Welcome to the last 15 with Safe and Amin. Join us as we talk about the stock market, the economy, the latest headlines, and our daily lives. Recorded live during the last 15 minutes of the market and posted right after the closing bell. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Safe and Amin may retain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. All right, welcome back to The Last 15 with Safe and Amin. We have a special guest today. This is a rare find. A special treat <laughs> for everyone. Sammy is joining us, Dr. Sammy. Uh, <laughs> he's decided to join us because today we're going to do, take a break from talking about the markets and talk about the economy and how we're going to reopen the economy. Sammy seems to have some crazy ideas about that. But before we do that, uh, look at the indices. So the Dow's down 2%. S&P down 2.73%, and the NASDAQ, the tech-heavy NASDAQ, is down about 3%. Small caps are not doing too well, down uh, another 2%. And uh, oil, well, yesterday I promised we're not going to talk about it. But, I mean, what, what's happening to the June contracts? <laughs> uh, seems like people are freaking out from what happened yesterday. Um, the, the June contracts, as of now, are down uh, approximately 35%. Um, and uh, the major ETF, the USO, it has been halted. Um, they're restructuring. I'm not sure what that exactly means. Um, but uh, and they, uh, Can they just restructure an ETF on the fly like that? I feel like that would take a lot of regulatory work uh, because yeah. whoever has shares has already entered into a legal agreement to own them in a certain manner. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what it means, but... Um, yeah, I'm, I think they're in a situation where they don't have options, so they have to act quick. So, um, well, we'll we'll hear back and see how that shapes up, but uh, it, it doesn't look good. So, so far. I think I think this all revolves around the fact that people probably think we're not going to reopen the economy by June. Thus, there will be no demand for oil. That's why those uh, future contracts mm-hmm. are selling off. So, Sammy. What exactly is it going to take for us to reopen the economy? You wanted to come on the podcast. You wanted to share your points of views, as ridiculous and uninformed as they are. We'd uh, we'll, we'll give them a listening ear, and uh, <laughs> we'll see we'll see what we have to say about them. Send me over to you. Sure. Uh, you said what exactly is the timeline for the economy to reopen? I don't think anybody knows that number. I think the best way to go ahead and maybe put on assumptions to reopen the economy is in two folds. The first one is the vaccine. So when it will be rolled out, uh, what's what's the supply chain regarding the vaccine? Who will get access to it first? Uh, which areas are higher priority and so on? And the second thing is improved testing abilities. So right now in Canada, the turnaround time for testing for COVID-19 is four days. So if you want to reopen the economy and make people feel secure and have the right processes and uh, infrastructure to support an economy that is suffering from a pandemic, testing turnaround time needs to be like minutes in order for everybody to go back to work and feel safe about it. Uh, I know the Senate just released, uh, put out a bill in regards to $484 billion for relief. Uh, $100 million of those were for hospitals and testing. 75 to be exact for hospitals and 25 billion for testing. 
and 1 billion allocated for the 30 million people that are uninsured in the USA. Uh, it's so just uh, just uh, back to testing. Do we have any idea how much of the U.S. population has been tested thus far? Just yeah. so we have an idea about how much more we need uh, to take. I mean, do you have any of those numbers there? Uh, so the last update uh, that I have was from Trump's press conference on Friday. Uh, it was uh, I think. Wait, was... did you call him Crump? <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Um, it, it was uh, around 4.2 million, I believe, um, people tested. Um, and out of those 4.2 uh, billion people, uh, sorry, million people tested, we had um, uh, 800 million cases. So that's very concerning. Extremely concerning. It's, it's not only that. So like there are a lot of reports out there saying people are people with different other diseases cannot go into the hospitals because they're scared to get COVID-19. So there hasn't been any separation, especially in New York, let's say. Um, there hasn't been any separation that we could say, okay, this hospital is for COVID-19 and this is a hospital is not. They all work on their one HVAC system, I assume. I'm not sure for certain, but uh, according to the Bloomberg reports that I've seen, um, they're getting a lot of uh, cardiac arrest uh, alerts and they're spiking up in numbers. I think last week was 400, 400 people called in for cardiac arrest. So COVID-19 is the problem, is the main problem, but there's a lot of problems that are cascaded because of it that we are just unaware of to, to the extent, we're not aware of the extent of its damage. So. I think reopening the economy really needs to start by, like I said, improving testing and improving our facilities from a hospital perspective. And and small businesses are honestly doomed to be to be really frank with you here. Uh, big businesses need put, to put on the big the big boys hat and set up something to improve their testing facilities or put on testing facilities. I know Amazon put in a letter put out a letter the other day saying that they've created a team to 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 improve their testing uh, abilities and uh, the challenge they're going for is to to drop the testing turnaround time to a couple of minutes so if that is successful that's an extreme it's a big win and if that's rolled out to the industry as a whole we can see it go back to where it was but from a timeline perspective i still stand where i'm standing uh in my previous uh my previous uh, podcast with you guys, and it's, um, I would say, a year and a half minimum. Okay, so uh, I, I saw Amazon's plan to uh, roll out testing, and they're going to actually use some sort of uh, thermal imaging uh, temperature scanners. I mean, do we really trust those? I can just splash some cold water on my face before I go through the scanner if I'm feeling a little bit feverish, uh, and uh, just cool right down. Are those the scanners uh, to be trusted, or... Are we going to have to use those uh, sophisticated swabs uh, for testing? I mean, Sammy, thoughts? I mean, it really depends on how you set up your facility, right? Like it's, I don't know about trusting it itself, but I'm sure they will go through testing and they'll learn from it. And it's all about duration, right? So they'll, they'll understand that this is happening, understand the risks of it. And I'm hoping, I, I'm not sure, I'm hoping that, they'll realize that that's, that's the risk that they need to, to, to mitigate against. So I would say... So, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so this is my, my hot take. Uh, personally, I think uh, this, this lockdown has, 
has removed the population's ability from developing herd immunity. Uh, do you have any comments about that? I feel like there's so many asymptomatic people out there currently locked in their homes. And once those people are released back in, into society, as asymptomatic as they are, we're going to see a huge second wave. Uh, so do you think that the lockdown is actually helping anything or is it only going to hurt us in the long run? Yes, I think the lock lockdown is helping a lot because one, we don't have the facility to, facilities to handle such a big amount of people going in uh, for COVID-19 uh, testing or, or just uh, treatment. So the idea of the lockdown is to flatten out the curve. I know Amin mentioned that uh, a couple of episodes before, but uh, I, I can see that go up and down, really. So the way I see it is the government creating some social, some social distancing or social breaks, let's call them, where certain people, certain areas are allowed to leave and there have been restriction, restricted places so that they can relieve it and open, open the economy slowly. Uh, I can see that happening, and I think you'll maybe, maybe uh, even uh, put them in groups depending on age or depending on work type or so. Um, yeah, so I think the lockdown is helpful and has helped a lot because you've seen a lot of footage. I hope you've seen a lot of footage of how New York is is tackling this, and I've read quite a bit of stories about doctors that went to New York to support um, the COVID-19 crisis. And they're struggling, man. There are thousands and thousands of people are dying every week because of this. And the funny part, though, a lot of other areas of the state say it's all fake. It's all a conspiracy theory. And they're, they're holding up signs saying, my body, my right, my decision. So this is kind of interesting, really, <laughs> how the U.S. is split about this or, or uh, how the people are seeing this uh, crisis. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens there and what's the, what's the Trump decision behind it. Or what, what so, you... uh, d- so Dr. Sammy thinks the only way to reopen the economy successfully is uh, mass testing of literally everyone. By the way, he's not a real doctor. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on to some other, <laughs> some other exciting it's stuff not, happening in the markets. It's not mass testing. It's, it's group testing and efficient testing. And, of course, Fine. faster you testing. You literally need to test everyone. You literally need 100%. to test everyone. Every day. You're, you're not going to take the chance of no. asymptomatic people walking around a lot untested. Of, spreading a lot of, yeah, a lot of governments are putting out some apps out there to track people who ha- are diagnosed with COVID-19 to see what they, where they were sitting in the movie theater or what restaurant they went to. I don't know if that's going to work because it's a big security concern. But it's an interesting... Are we ever going back to normal? I am seriously starting to freak out uh, right now. No. I'm, I'm holding a lot of hair in my hands. I haven't had a haircut in weeks. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I understand why the market would be freaking out. I don't think there's there's ever going uh, to be a normal again, uh, a, a pre-March 12th normal. I think normal is not going to be... Let's assume normal was, what, a year ago? We're not going to see that again until five years from now a year ago it was normal up until mid-january because china didn't want to tell anyone well <laughs> look at the chinese numbers they're still at eighty-two thousand. are you fucking kidding me yeah man anyways i really want to move on <laughs> to delta earnings tomorrow uh i mean delta earnings what are your expectations um so yeah the earnings are confirmed for tomorrow um 
Yeah. <laughs> for the, <laughs> for third, the third time. time. It's, Guys, it's not going to be long. It's, We're not gonna be it's official. Um, and the conference, so it's going to be before the market open and the conference call is going to be held at 10 a.m. Um, now, this is a little, this is a tricky one because, um, uh, I mean, they, they're obviously going to report how they performed in Q1. And um, while, um, um, uh, while flights were suspended from China and Europe, um, I'd say six or seven weeks into the quarter, um, the, the ban in the U.S. was only in mid-March. So as of now, the, the analysts are expecting uh, a loss of 83 cents per share. Um, and then they expect the revenue to fall um, uh, below 9.5 billion. So um, that's okay. But I think, I think what, what everybody's looking for is how they're going to do in Q2 and any guidance that the CEO could or might provide. Um, three weeks ago, the, uh, the CEO had mentioned that they're going to expect a drop of 90% in revenue, but then all the, uh, expectations in the market today are only for a loss of 60%, uh, in revenue in Q2, which is 5 billion. So, uh, there's a huge, um, difference there, right? Of, uh, uh, what is it? 30%. So depending on that, how it shapes up, it could be a huge miss for Delta. A huge miss. Well, not no, okay. So, like I said, if the Q Q one numbers are good or slightly below expectations, I don't think it's going to matter that much, right? It what matters is how um, the market is going to react to what the company is going to do in um, Q two, and then perhaps if the, if management provides um, their outlook on how they see the rest of twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one perform. Um, I, I should also mention that they did receive um, a package from the Department of Treasury uh, last week uh, for 5.4 billion, um, but but that's not enough. That's not enough. Um, I mean, it can barely cover expenses for payroll, uh, which is only about 30% of the total expense. So, Sammy still bearish on airlines? Hey, man. Uh, yeah, it's. Airlines, I have no idea, man. This is this is going to be a very tricky situation. Like they're, I, I like I said, I I'm expecting them to not make any revenue for the next year, or not make any revenue. I'm saying compared to what they made last year, I would say ten percent. Like it's, they're yeah. Good luck. That's so what I'm pes pes pessimistic. <laughs> pessimistic on reopening the economy. Pessimistic on airlines, which goes uh, line in line with that. Netflix is reporting earnings today after the bell. Is anyone interested in this stock? One of the huge gainers of this pandemic. Uh, I, I am. I'm very interested to see. I, I, I hold no positions in Netflix, but I would like to see um, if the market was right about uh, Netflix because it's been, what is it? It's up, I think it's up 30, 35% um, year to date. Um, yeah, and I think analysts are expecting a, a 20% move from uh, current right. levels. Uh, so record. I'd like to see if there was an increase in revenue, uh, specifically from international markets. Um, and then the second thing um, is a reduction in cost. or um, Because I know Netflix was spending um, billions and billions of dollars on content, and that's perhaps no longer the case. Or perhaps they cut down on, budget, on some you know, budgets for content. So it may, it may look, uh, have them make their balance sheet look a bit better, but we'll have to see. 
So that's going to be quite interesting. Uh, do you know if they're making any new TV shows? I haven't heard anything about any new TV shows. Is anything even filming right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I doubt. Um, you can't really film these things remotely, so. Sammy, you're a huge fan of Netflix. You take about two hours a night to watch some Netflix. <laughs> uh, what, are you, what are you watching these days? Actually, I'm not watching any Netflix these days. Um, we barely have time. Uh, I don't know, man. Peaky Blinders is pretty good. I think they're working on a new season. So let's see how that works out. But uh, I think when this whole thing started, I chose Netflix and all video gaming industries as some as companies to invest in. And I can see gaming going up, but the cost factor from Netflix. So I'm, I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm gonna interrupt for some breaking news. So Netflix is up nine percent after hours. So it looks like they beat earnings. The report is not released here on Yahoo Finance. Safe? Do you have access to the report? I have, I have no idea that they reported so, yet. I so, didn't get a notification. So as of now, Netflix Check is after. at four hundred seventy-five bucks a share, up nine point five nine ten percent right now. They're in the double digits and climbing. They, there's no way they reported. Hold on, let me have a look here on my platform. I'm bringing up Netflix as we speak. That's a ticker NFL. So we're up. We're 11 percent. We're approaching 12 percent right now. 11 percent. I'm looking. I'm hitting news here. Uh, there's no earnings that I can see. Oh, yeah. They uh, they released their financial results. They released them exactly at the bell. <laughs> what? Uh, well, let's hear them. I'm trying to, I'm trying to load them up here. They missed Q1 EPS by eight. Well, that doesn't matter. What, what about the revenue targets, the users, and whatnot? Uh, one point six five. Uh, so doo -doo 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 -doo. global streaming paid net additions of fifteen point seven seven million versus seven million wow. expected. Well, that explains ten wow. percent. Double expectations. That's crazy. So that that's the number I was curious about, right? If you were, um, if oh, there it is. There's the report. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, has Chipotle released yet? Chipotle is is probably one of my favorite comeback stories, uh, going from food poisonings uh, to basically an almost eight hundred dollar stock. I think it was eight hundred at some point today. Eight oh nine. It's beautiful. It's reached a high of nine thirty nine uh, in the past fifty two weeks. Another name that's getting closer to a thousand, Shopify. I mean, <laughs> I know we talked about it uh, yesterday. Yeah. So the, what's what's happening? Well, it was Shop. climbing. Uh, it was approaching a thousand bucks a share, um, but it did. Uh, with the market uh, going down today, it did dip. So it's uh, it's around uh, in eight hundred fifty or eight sixty. I'm not sure uh, where it closed today, but um, I, I can only see Shopify doing well from from here. So. There's going to be more demand and people setting up more uh, online stores and whatnot. So, honestly, so the uh, for Shopify oh, sorry, has a, it's the one company that can actually compete with Amazon. Like it's the one company. Ignore Walmart. Shopify is within the next couple of years. Shopify is going to dominate significantly, and I think it's undervalued right now to what its potential could be. Oh my God! He thinks it's undervalued. I mean, <laughs> hot take um, on that. Well, <laughs> compared to 
Look, they if they set up if they set up a supply chain like the Amazon, like the one Amazon has, and set up some sort of uh, good community or a good website, a good platform that allows shoppers to go back and forth and kind of, you know, build right, that so Amazon model, it, it, there's a good chance that they can take over. So, um, in the uh, MDNAs, the management's decisions and. Uh analysis report uh, for 2019, they did mention that they're working on um, a service which is called uh, Fulfillment by Shopify, where they're going to set up warehouses and then they're going to have to try to integrate their software where you can build uh, your e-commerce website and then use their logistics platform. So in, in that sense, I do believe that they have a lot of prospects going for them and they have a lot of uh, agreements with shipping companies that makes it more attractive for people to stay on the shop. Shopify platform. So they really have a, a strong moat here and the moat is growing significantly, but for a revenue of a billion dollars a year and a hundred billion dollar valuation, it sounds a little crazy, but I'm long Shopify in the long term. Yeah, I agree. But is Shopify profitable is the question. Well, it, it really doesn't matter. So they are earning, uh, well, it depends on the quarter. Sometimes they do uh, make some profit of a few uh, dollars per share, but it's really not significant or it doesn't matter much. You want them to take all that profit that they collect and invest it back into growing the business, right? And with the increasing costs of R&D uh, and SGNA, you're going to expect them to not make a profit for a very long time. It's just the Amazon story all over again, but they are very, very different from Amazon. Um, I should point that out. Yeah, I mean, yes, Amazon treats their employees like shit, and <laughs> Shopify gives them uh, T-bone steaks. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Sammy, Amazon cloud business is is the one that is is kicking ass right now. I think it's the the biggest success story for Amazon, really. Oh, yes. When, when Amazon reports, I'm going to love to see the AWS numbers. Uh, same with Microsoft yeah. and Azure. Uh, the cloud has been huge in this pandemic. I'm very mm -hmm. excited so about that. So just, uh, yeah, keep an eye out. All right. Thanks for joining us today, Sammy. Last15pod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, we haven't had a lot of time to get to it. There's been a lot going on in the markets. I mean, tomorrow, green or red? Um, I'm hoping for a flat day. Um, but depending on how the bill goes, um, it's going to take another two days to get it passed in the house. Um, okay, sorry so to interrupt. My... Netflix adds 15.7 million global users in Q1 2020. 23% jump. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. Is Good morning, Sammy. <laughs> Cut out for a minute. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We'd love right. to have you back to talk about EA. Uh, as you all know, Sammy works for EA. He has a lot of very interesting stories. We'd love to hear about them on the podcast. So tomorrow, a flat day. I say tomorrow is going to be tremendously green with this uh, new money being printed. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, take care.